Let's go ahead and read that. <clears throat> o God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. <clears throat> and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches, because you have been my help. Therefore, in the shadow, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. But those who seek my life to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for jackals. But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone who swears by him shall glory. But the mouth of those who speak lies shall be stopped. <clears throat> That's uh, Psalm 63. Let me, let me go ahead and go through that first. It says, uh, the first two verses, uh, together we can find so much comfort in just the first six words of verse 1. O oh God, you are my God. First we see that David speaks to God, and I'm sure that every psalm written by David is addressed to God. <clears throat> what we see is total dependence, total trust in God. When David says, Oh God, it's not said like a byword or a word used out of frustration or anger. No, here when David says, Oh God, he is saying, God whom created the heavens and the earth, the one who gives life to everything and takes it away at the time that he has appointed not a God of stone or wood or a God that, is not, that, <clears throat> that does not exist. This is a God that has revealed himself to David time after time. Not only in, is he the one true God. Here David says, you are my God. Not their God, but my God. And you know, like David, we can also say, you are my God. Because he redeemed us, we were bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. So day and night, that door is open to each one of us. Every day, he will take that walk with us through the garden, like he did with Adam and Eve. Then you think about the, the uh, multitude who don't believe in God, whom have no hope. How sad, how lonely to think of life as a vapor, to be forgotten just after a generation, to have no one to cry out to in a time of need. Most of us, if not all of us, came to a point in our lives 
where we wanted to know the truth about God. We wanted for him to reveal himself to us, and he did. Jeremiah 29.13 reads, And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And that's so true. When our heart's desires are the things of the world, there is no room for God. I like what it says over in Psalms 107. I think most of us can relate to it. You want to turn with me there to uh, Psalms 107? It's a little lengthy, but uh, I'll try to get through it pretty quick. It says, uh, O O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy, and gathered out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a desolate way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. And he led them forth by the right hand, that they might go to a city for a dwelling place. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness, and for his wondrous works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul for, and fills the hungry soul with goodness. Those who sat in darkness and in the shadow of death bound in affliction and irons because they rebelled against the words of God and despised the counsel of the Most High. Therefore he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down and there was none to help. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and broke their chains in pieces. Oh, that man would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the the children of men. For he has broken the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron in two. Fools, because of their transgressions and because of their iniquities, were afflicted. Their soul abhorred all manner of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them, and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness, and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Those who go down to the sea in ships who do business on great waters, they see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commands and raises the stormy wind which lifts up the waves of the sea. They mount up to the heavens, they go down again to the depths. Their soul melts because of trouble. They reel to to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. Then they cry out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brings them out of their distresses. He calms the storm 
so that its waves are still, then they are glad because they are quiet. So he guides them to their desired haven. Oh, that man would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt him also in the assembly of the people and praise him in the company of the elders. He turns the rivers into a wilderness and the water springs into dry ground, a fruitful land into barrenness for the wickedness of those who dwell in it. He turns a wilderness into pools for, of water and dry land into water springs. There he makes the hungry dwell that they may establish a city for a dwelling place and sow fields and plant vineyards that they may yield a fruitful harvest. He also blesses them and they multiply greatly and he does not let their cattle decrease when they are diminished and brought low through oppression, affliction and sorrow. He pours contempt on princesses and causes them to wander in the wilderness where there is no way. Yet he sets the poor on high far from affliction and makes their families like a flock. The righteous see it and rejoice and all iniquity stops its mouth. Whoever is wise will observe these things, and they will understand the loving kindness of the Lord. Amen. <clears throat> but now each one of us can say like David, O oh God, you are my God. And like David, we can say, Early will I seek you. He is able to stay focus even in the wilderness of his of his calamity because it is a calamity that will bring forth fruit it is god doing a work it is god helping him to grow to grow in love to grow in trust in faith in patience if we belong to god and he is our god then our souls our flesh should also long after him and if we're in the wilderness because we have sinned and our heart aches and our bones cry out as his chastening hand is upon us, we still must rejoice because he says he loves us. That is why he chastens us. Just as many of us longed for the things of the world for many years only to realize how empty and deserted our souls were, until we were filled by the Holy Spirit, such a perfect love only God could give. So when we are in a dry and thirsty land, we too must search for God. Early we must run to him where he is to see his power and glory. Like many, oh, sorry, like Manny <laughs> has said, a quick prayer before a meal or a reading of a daily devotional and no time to go into our sanctuary to spend time at his feet will not allow us to see his power and glory. Verse 3. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. The many victories that David was blessed with in his commune with God, his desire to know the, the heart of God, the desire to praise our God with his lips for his loving kindness. I'm reminded of the ten men that Jesus healed from 
their leprosy. Uh, if you want to turn with me over to uh, Luke chapter 17. And it reads, as he was going into a village, uh, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God. In a loud voice, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Even we as Christians can fall into this rut of not being thankful for, for thankful of forgetting that at one point we were destined for hell. I like what Paul says over in Philippians four, chapter four, verses eight and nine. I'll go ahead and read that. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just. Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Uh, This verse helps me stay on track. If you think about it, it covers everything that passes through these eyes and ears. TV, radio, conversations, magazines, etc. He goes on to say, Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. Because of your loving kindness, I will serve you with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. For as long as you give me breath, how much more should we be like David with outstretched arms praising the name of Jesus? Because we have read and seen and believed in the passion of our Christ, our Savior, our Kingsman Redeemer. May we glorify him with our lives. Verse 5, my soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. David here continues to express a completely satisfied soul because of the loving kindness of the Lord. He uses food, one of my favorite subjects. You think about a nice steak lined with just the right amount of fat, juicy and succulent. (laughs) All right, Keith. (laughs) How satisfying that is to the soul. I remember when young and my mom would make fried chicken after devouring the meat off the the drumstick, I would break open the bone and devour the bone marrow. Man, was that good. 
What a blessing it is to be in this place, in this frame of mind. Your heart is rejoicing and your quiver is full. You just want to sing songs of praise to your king. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you, verse 6, in the night watches. Remembering that David was on the run from those that wanted to kill him, he was constantly on the run, possibly not always having a bed to sleep in, and at times being up at night watching for the enemy. But what a comfort it is to know that even in the midst of the whirlwind, God is seated on the throne. No matter where we may be, in the middle of the ocean, in the desert, in the mountains, or even in the jungle, we can go into that sanctuary to meet with our God, and the good thing is, He will always be there. Verse 7, Because you have been my help, therefore, in the shadow of your wings I will rejoice. To come to this point in our lives where David is here, to be able to say, because you have been my help, to know the words that God has spoken to each one personally, I will never leave you nor forsake you. To be able to look back in my life, even as a very young boy, and see his divine intervention in many instances, I too can say, because you have been my help, to know that you are my everything, that you are my God, I will rejoice. <clears throat> Verse 8. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. This, re this reminds me of Jacob as he wrestled with the angel of God, and he told the angel he would not let go until he blessed him. Just as Jesus tells us over in John 15 about abiding in him, verse 10, he, he uh, tells us, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. And just as David had to wear his armor in the heat of the battle, so must we, as Paul reminds us over in Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verses 10 through 12. I'll go ahead and read that. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wilds of the enemy, the wilds of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Verse 9. But those who seek my life to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for jackals. As God has given David many victories in the battlefield and has seen many fall by the sword and possibly came across bodies that were consumed by jackals, he predicts the outcome for those whom pursue him now. Verse 11. But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone who swears by him shall glory but the mouth of those who speak lies shall be stopped. 
So here David says he will rejoice in God when God has restored him to his throne and all who st- and all who stood by his side and put their trust in God shall glory but all those who opposed him shall die. And as we also see here our Lord Jesus Christ and all those who opposed and all those who trust in him shall glory and all those who reject reject him shall die. All right, that was Psalm 63, Psalm 64. Um, we'll read uh, verse the first three, uh, four verses. <clears throat> Hear my voice, O God, in my meditation. Preserve my life from fear of the enemy. Hide me from the secret plots of the wicked, from the rebellion of the workers of iniquity, who sharpen their tongue like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows. Bitter words that they may shoot in secret at the blameless. Suddenly they shoot at him and do not fear. Here again David petitions to the one true God, the one whom created heaven and earth. As he meditates on the things before him, those things that are heavy on his heart, he asks God to preserve his life from the fear of his enemies, from their secret plots, from the rebellion of these workers of iniquity. Those whom sharpen their tongues and bend their bows to spew out their bitter words against those that are blameless and do not fear you. That is God. You know their evil thoughts, their secret plans. Just Just as when we were children, many times we had no clue of any difficulties that were going on in the lives of our parents. They preserved us from many things and would cause us to, that would cause us to fear and worry. As we do with our children when they were young, we sheltered them, we hid our problems from them. And as we serve God in our Christian walk, sometimes we're like those little children, clueless in the battles that go on in our everyday lives. Uh, turn with me over to Second Kings chapter 6. Verses uh, 15 through 17. It reads there. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. And he said, Oh, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elijah prayed, Oh, Lord, open his eyes so he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots, of fire all around Elijah. So I think here David is asking God to come against his enemies, to destroy them even before they come into his presence or before 
he even gets wind of them. How many times has God kept us from harm by throwing a wrench into our plans? We get sick. The car did not start. Traffic was chaotic. The food at the restaurant took much longer. So uh, sometimes we get angry, but God many times is intervening in our lives and uh, keeping us from harm and trouble. Um, But you can see what I'm getting at here. Count it all joy, just as James says there in chapter 1, verse 2. Verse 5 and 6. They encourage themselves in an evil matter. They talk of laying snares secretly. They say, who will see them? They devise iniquity. We have perfected a shrewd scheme. Both the inward thought and the heart of man are deep. Um, Over in Psalms chapter 50. Uh, Verses 18 through 21, it reads there. When you saw a thief, you consented with him and have been a partaker with adulterers. You give your mouth to evil and your tongue frames deceit. You sit and speak against your brother. You slander your own mother's son. These things you have done, and I kept silent. You thought that I was altogether like you but I will rebuke you and set them in order before your eyes. Verse 7. But God shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly they shall be wounded. So he will make them stumble over their own tongues. All who see them shall flee away. This reminds me of the show that they used to have on TV. I don't know if they still have it there. Uh, What was it called? America's Dumbest Criminals? (laughs) Did you ever watch that? I mean, and that's, you you think about that, and that's how many times uh, these guys have a plan or something, and, you know, they're breaking into a store, they're they're prying it open with a, with a bar or something, all of a sudden the bar breaks and stabs them or something. It just, you know, it just works against them. And and I think this is what God is talking about here, what David is writing here is that, but God shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly they shall be wounded, you know. You know, they plan their things and, and it just seems to work against them. All men shall fear and shall declare the work of God, for they shall wisely consider his doing. The righteous shall be glad in the Lord and trust in him, and all the upright in heart shall glory. Right there in verse 9, where it says, All men shall fear and shall declare the work of... Well, no, back up to uh, verse 8. So he will make them stumble over their own tongue all who see them shall flee away uh, that reminds me of the the time with Moses and when they came against him and and um, you know and God judged between them and Moses and God just opened up the dirt swallowed them up and closed it back up and all the people that watched this 
you know, they they uh, they really thought about, you know, coming against Moses and God. So here it says, and they considered, you know, his doing. So, you know, many times when when other people see the, the outcome of what happens to evil people, they, they think about it, you know, they think about it real good. Um, but as far as us, we will rejoice in the Lord for his mercy endures for his protection, his love, his intervention in the lives of his children. Um, So going back through 63 and 64, knowing whom God is and that he is our God and that we can come to him anytime that veil has been torn from top to bottom and uh, we can rejoice in that, in his protection, his love. And we know that if we are in sin and if we do sin, he will chasten us. But uh, if we're walking in his um, righteousness, we're walking right with him, he'll bless us. And many times we don't even know it. You know, we don't know that um, he's there uh, keeping us from harm. Many a times you, you look, I look back on my life and I know that God has kept me from so much harm. And uh, I mean, you, you think about the book of Revelations and the tribulation and when the saints are caught up and and he's and he talks about how it's going to be so bad it's that nothing before or nothing after is going to be just as bad as this and that's because the holy spirit is taken up and all hell basically is going to break loose uh so thank god that we'll be uh raptured by then let's go ahead and pray Thank you, Heavenly Father, for uh, this evening, Lord, and uh, just continue to, Father, to draw us closer to you. Continue to give us a hunger for your word, a love for your word, a love for your people, Father. Keep us uh, just uh, strong, Father. Uh, Keep us uh, from falling from the enemy, from hindering our walk with you. Uh, For those brothers and sisters that have uh, slipped away, Father, we pray for them, Father. Protect them, guard their hearts, their souls, their minds, Father. Bring them back to yourself, Father, with a hunger, knowing that there's nothing out there in the world, Father, nothing that is good, only uh, takes us away from you, from serving you, from being blessed by you, Father. And so we just thank you for this evening, Father, to allow everyone to go home safely, Father. And as Manny and myself and Jose and Joey go to Tucson, Arizona tomorrow, uh, get us there safely, Father, and may we just be blessed by everything that is taught there at that conference, Father, and that we may get back safely to our wives, our children. Cover them, Father, as uh, they'll be here at home, uh, knowing that you'll protect them, Father, and uh, that you will bless them, Father, Father, mightily. We thank you, and we ask this in your precious name, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.